0: Teacher, when will this be and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? events coming from Jerusalem. Peter, ever extroverted, probably decided to change the conversation to the majesty of the temple. Oh, how lovely it was, adorned with remarkable stones and the gifts dedicated to God. Have you ever seen so much gold in all your lives? Have you ever seen a church like St. John's with its wood exposed, with its stained glass and its marble altar? Have you ever seen something quite so beautiful the other disciples they nod and cool while Jesus remains silent. So then maybe Bartholomew speaks up. Yeah, that temple of God—it's—it's it's a witness to God's majesty in the world. Only the God of Abraham and of Isaac and Jacob could have such a place. And they all begin to agree together, affirming the glory and the might of their God, the God of Israel, worthy of such a beautiful. pay attention. But how is this to be, they wondered. The temple was a sign of God's glory, so then one of the disciples, maybe Peter again, asked on behalf of the whole group, Teacher, when will this be? What will be the sign that this is about to take place? What a question. I love that question, because it's one, that's the one I would have asked. It's stories like this that help to remind you what discipleship is really like. Okay, Jesus, things are going to get rough, but when? How are we going to know that all this stuff you just described is going to happen? And how appropriate and funny is it that Jesus' first warning about the apocalypse is directed toward the would-be prophets who predict the end of the world? Just within my lifetime, I can think of a number of examples of the would-be prophets on television going to end on October 21st at 7pm. I figured it out. God gave me a revelation. The world's ending on October 21st at 7pm. And even though Jesus has clearly warned us against those people, when they come forth with their predictions, they never fail to get a hearing. They get media presence and airtime. And people listen People go to the bank and they take out their entire life savings and they spend it in a week. Or they build a bunker and they fill it with food because they are so utterly convinced that those prophets are right. Jesus looks out at his disciples and therefore every single one of us and he declares, Beware that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name and say, I am he and the time is near. Do not go after me. Some form of allegiance in the world that appears better than what we hear in God's word. Some affiliation more fruitful, some path through the trials and tribulations of life that seems more certain and secure. We would rather rely on reason than faith. We would prefer to deal with material possessions than spiritual growth. The tragedy of the history of God and God's people is that we have continually been a people running on after generation, in pursuit of other and perhaps easier gods. So after this first warning about the would-be prophets, Jesus continues, When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all of this occurs, they will arrest you. They will persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors, all because of my name. I have often heard non Christians remark about how easy it must be to be Christian. Those with a limited knowledge of what it means to be a faithful. Charge the Church as being a means of escape from the harsh realities of the world. It must be so easy to be a Christian, you don't have to worry about anything. Whatever happens to you in your life, you've got your heavenly reward waiting for you. But in contradiction to these claims, Jesus very bluntly puts forth how very difficult it is and will be to be Christian. In a way, being Christian is in some sense an escape, but not out of life. Into the very definite, from meaningless into meaning, from futility into purpose, and from bondage into freedom. (coughs) The good news of Jesus Christ has always been paradoxical in its ability to disturb the ways of the world. Those with privilege look on it with suspicion. Those with power look at it with disappointment. The Jewish leaders were afraid of it. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. When Jesus addresses the disciples, describing for them the very trials and tribulations that they were to face, he makes it clear to them that these are the hours of opportunity. When the world shouts no, the church responds with a resounding yes. Our faith is not increased. It's not a way of thinking about life. It's not five steps to make a better you. It is the I and Thou of a God who calls us by name, addresses us, seeks us. It's that moment of meeting, a time for hearing and becoming. Our faith is about confronting the problems of the world, living into them, and transforming the world for God's kingdom. The Bible, God in our faith is never on pause. The time is. In this passage is what we often call the Apocalypse. (coughs) What kind of things come to your mind when you hear that word? The Apocalypse, the end of time. Do you think of death? Do you think of fire raining down from heaven? Maybe you think of zombies? The Apocalypse. Though these are some of the popular images often associated with the Apocalypse, the Apocalypse literally means revelation means the revelation of God, a revelation which discloses the realm of God behind the world of historical and interpretable events. And timing is important when we talk about this apocalypse, this revelation from God. Because what Jesus describes the events surrounding the suffering of his followers, it's something that will happen in the future. There will come a time when Christians are called to testify to their faith, when everything around them will argue the contrary. So the apocalypse is coming in the future. However, most of the events that Jesus described actually took place in the first century. The temple was destroyed in the year 70. The disciples were called before synagogues and governors to witness to their faith. They were rejected by the world and suffered because of their association with Jesus. Nation rose against nation. set in a larger context of God's purposes in the world, that we have been caught up in God's great cosmic victory, and therefore we are surrounded by symbols and signs and mysterious elements regarding what is really taking place. As strange as this might sound and seem to us as enlightened and modern and rational people, it's a witness to the tenacity of faith and hope among the people of God. So Jesus keeps going, you will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain souls. How easy is it to be Christian? Apparently, it's not. What is at stake for us in this passage is the commitment and call to be faithful witnesses under unusual stress and frustration. For us here in Stanton, it might be hard to imagine suffering from our Christian enemies. But faithfulness and endurance under threat of disapproval, and even the penalty of death, are the qualities of discipleship during the time of witnessing. Disciples and that means all of us here, are not exempt from suffering. If there is any doubt of this period of testing and testimony, that it's still present, you need only look to what recently happened to the Philippines. Or to the dozens of Christians who are recently executed in North Korea for having Bibles, or the suffering of members within this church right now. Some of you might not know about it. Maybe you don't know somebody who's going through it, but just look around. There are people here that will testify to the fact that their lives feel like the apocalypse Jesus addressed to the disciples regarding the Apocalypse, this revelation from God, it calls all of us to reflect on our own discipleship. I have been told again and again that if people are not complaining in the church I serve, then I'm not doing my job. Being Christian implies a willingness to be pushed into the discomfort of discipleship in order to live into the new reality that Christ initiated with His death and question is, are we almost Christian? Are we content to arrive on Sunday morning in order to go back to work on Monday without anything changing in our lives? Are we comfortable with seeing all of the suffering around us and letting it pass by our vision without stopping to question why? Are we ready to witness to God's kingdom and its transformative power in the world without us having to do anything with it? Or are we truly Christian? Have we felt the love of God in our hearts and are we ready to respond to that love with our commitment to faithfulness? Do we sit in the shadow of the cross and await the glory of the resurrection? Are we ready to witness to the goodness of God even when we are suffering why will these things take place? Why will there be suffering and persecution? If our Christian lives are easy and comfortable, then perhaps we're not doing enough. If the amount of suffering the first disciples went through was part of God's revelation, then maybe we should be going farther to disrupt the powers of the world. What would it take? What would it take for you to believe so fervently That you would give your life to Christ in a way that everyone around you would persecute you for what you did? What would it take? How far would you be willing to go for Jesus? We have to know that what Christ is talking about is the end. But on some strange and mysterious level, it is also the beginning. That the God of grace and glory is bent on rescuing his own us in life and continually working on us toward our own salvation. That God is committed to saving us with the good news according to Christ and eagerly doing it by every means of every life that will give itself away to Him and to His kingdom. So, teacher, Jesus, when will this be and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? The apocalypse? This